Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2021. The paradox of the book of Bereshus, Genesis, is that the people that we meet here are unbelievably great. We can't even begin to appreciate their greatness. But many of the situations in which they find themselves are very, very practical for us. And so the purpose of that paradox is to allow us to use the book of Beratius as a guide for navigating these challenges. In this week's Parsha, Yosef faces a universal challenge, temptation. The Torah tells us that Yosef was sold as a servant in Egypt, Mitzrayim, and he became a servant in the home of Potiphar, who was a minister of Paro. And Yosef was very successful in running Potiphar's household and was well-liked by Potiphar for his work, for his personality. And then the Torah tells us that Potiphar's wife noticed Yosef, noticed how handsome he was, and she wanted to persuade him to enter into an illicit relationship, an immoral relationship. So he's tempted. And he overcomes that temptation. He does not give in to that temptation. Even though, as the Torah shows us, he sacrifices because of it. Not only does he eventually lose his job, but he ends up imprisoned wrongly, falsely accused. But he avoids the temptation. And the way that Yosef responds is our textbook. It provides us with the steps that we should take in our battles against temptation, any kind of temptation. So let's learn the psukim together, the verses together. And what I want to share with you is based on a shear, a lecture that I heard from Rabbi Meir Gruzman. After Yosef had been there for a while, the wife of Potiphar notices Yosef and wants to have this immoral relationship with him. And the first thing we learn is that Yosef has temptation. He's tempted. as we all face temptation. And one of the first lessons that we learn from Yosef is that everyone has to fight against temptation all the time. We often think that a great person is not tempted. And because of that, 
if we are tempted and if we maybe feel despondent, maybe we gave into it and we feel badly about it or ashamed. But when we face that temptation, there's a tendency for us to feel that we're alone. No one else has this kind of a problem, especially the people that I look up to, the people that I admire. They certainly don't face the kinds of problem that I'm facing at this moment. And, and I feel very alone in trying to withstand this temptation. And although that is a natural feeling, it's wrong. In fact, the greater the person, the greater the temptation. But also, the greater the effort to overcome it. In a very different context from the subject of our Parsha, the Chavitz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Radin, who is most famously known to us as the one who is so careful about language and not speaking Lashon Hara, negative speech, and teaching the details and emphasizing how important it is to be careful about his speech. Someone once said to him, you must never be tempted. You are so perfect in this area. You are the teacher of the Jewish people about this subject. And the Chavetz Chaim said, my friend, you're very wrong. I am tempted to speak Lashon Hara, to say negative things about other people every moment. You have no idea the temptation that I feel inside of me to want to say negative speech about other people. But I work on it and I fight against it and I never stop fighting against it. That's an important, tremendously important lesson. So the first step to take is the first step of the next Pusik. The Torah tells us, Vayimoyen. And Yosef refused. He did not agree to what this woman wanted from him. And that's a tremendously important lesson. Not everything is okay. Famous quote from a person who did give in to temptation a lot. The heart wants what the heart wants. Okay, that may be true. The heart wants what the heart wants, but that doesn't mean that you always give in to it when it's wrong. Vayimayin. The heart wants what the heart wants, but we're required to refuse. We're required to withstand that. Just because it feels right doesn't make it right. Just because it feels good doesn't make it good. But listen carefully, please, to the way that Yosef expresses this. He says, first, Vayimayin, he refuses, he withstands. Vayomer Elishas Adonav, and he says to this woman, Hain Adonilo my employer, my boss, your husband, has such confidence in me as the head of his household. He doesn't even know what's going on in this house. He has transferred to me all responsibility. 
Einenu gadol babayis hazemi many. There is no one with as much responsibility in this household as me. What an amazing response. Yosef says to her, look at how important I am. Look at how much responsibility I have. Look at how powerful I've become. Would I want to do such a lowly thing? Is that the reason that I have gained this power, this responsibility, this importance? In order to be able to do whatever I want, in order to be able to satisfy whatever base temporary pleasure I have? No. If I've been given a privilege, if I've been given a responsibility, some type of leadership, some type of importance, it's not for me to use for my own personal selfish needs. There is some higher reason. I am too good a person to stoop to such immorality. I am too important to waste this on a fleeting pleasure. And that's true for every characteristic. If a person has a gift, a person has wealth or has uh, uh, an important position of authority, whatever it is, I shouldn't be thinking about that as how can I utilize it for my own personal benefit, but rather, why has God decided to give this to me? For what purpose should I be using it? I'm too good to waste it on something like this. That's the first step. The second step that Yosef teaches us is to study Torah. The next thing that Yosef says is to explain the rationale based on Torah principles, which are, by the way, not just Jewish, but universal human principles of why this is wrong. The Eich, uh, I'm sorry. V'lochasach mimeni me'uma ki im osach basher at ishti ishto. Potiphar, my boss, has given me responsibility over everything in this house. The only thing that is not permitted to me is to have any kind of improper relationship with you, his wife. Because this is a basic human principle of the sanctity of marriage. That applies to Jews and it applies to non-Jews. For someone to be unfaithful is to cause a lack of trust, is to engage in falsehood, and to engage in a terrible immorality. How could I do such a terrible thing that violates the normal codes of human behavior? So, the second step is to review to ourselves what the Torah says about such a thing. To be clear about what Jewish law says is right and what is wrong. And a most important part of that is the last phrase of that verse. If I were to do this, not only would I be doing a disservice to my employer who has treated me so well, 
I would also be committing a sin before God. Because we, as religious individuals, and again, of any religion, we have a commitment to recognizing God's authority. Not just when it's easy. Not just when I agree with it, when I feel like doing it. Not just when it's popular. But I have an obligation to observe God's commandments even when it's hard, even when it's unpopular, even when I don't agree with it, even, especially, when no one else will find out. But still, even if somehow my boss, my employer would not find out, but God would know. We refer to this as Kabbalah's that a person should accept upon themselves the all, the yoke, the burden of the kingship of heaven, meaning recognizing the authority of God's laws. Even when it's a yoke, even when it's a burden, even when it's difficult. Several years ago, early in the Me Too era, Rabbi Daniel Ross Goodman wrote the following. The book of Beratius, Genesis, is the first book in the Torah in order to teach us that if we cannot manage to act with basic decency, then the rest of the Torah and the rest of our endeavors are essentially worthless. The Torah teaches us that the right of each individual to be unmolested could be better respected if we saw one another not as objects, but as holy beings created in the image of God. And if there's anything that... Beratius can teach us about sexual harassment today. It's that without a fear of heaven, without the fear that there is a higher power who will hold those with earthly power accountable for their misdeeds, then it is very, very difficult to prevent people from exploiting others. The next step in Yosef's process is in the next verse. Vayihi kedabra el Yosef yom yom v'lo shama eleha lishkavetz la liyosima. And it was that this woman kept repeating her advances every day to Yosef and every day anew Yosef had to fight against his temptation, against engaging in this illicit relationship, Leo's Ima, to be with her. What does that mean, Leo's Ima, to be with her? Rashi says something incredible. Yosef refuses Leo's Ima to be with her 
even in the world to come. In other words, Yosef realizes, if I sin, I will harm myself, not only in this earthly life, but my soul will be harmed even in the world to come, for eternity. Think about this for a moment. The greatest pleasure in the world, whatever it is, how long will it last? How long before I start to regret it? Before I start to feel ashamed of it? Or before I even forget it? But the impact of a sin is in this world and in the world to come. Only a fool would sacrifice an eternity for a moment of pleasure. So those are the steps. Vayimoyen, we have to refuse. Talmud Torah, we have to learn and understand the rules and the guidelines that are expected of us. Kabbalas ol malchus we have to recognize our responsibility to observe God's laws at all times. That God is watching us. And Yom Hamisa, to be cognizant of the fact that our human lives are limited, but sins that we commit, like mitzvos that we commit, endure forever. And that's the moment when Yosef becomes known to us for all time as Yosef Hatzadik, Yosef the Righteous. There are very few characters within the Torah that are given a title in addition to their name. Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father, our patriarch. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe our teacher. Yosef Hatzadik, Yosef the righteous. Not because he's so pure. Not because he was never tempted. He never thought about earthly sinful things. No. But because he was tempted. And he fought against it. And he taught us the steps to be able to emulate. To reach the same end that he did. There are all too many scandals of rabbis behaving badly. It's been in the news this past week and far too many times. It gives me no satisfaction that it may be more prevalent in other religions, if that's even true. I don't know that that's true. And it certainly gives no satisfaction that it is much more prevalent in the wider society, which is certainly true. And even one incident like this is one too many. Clearly, there are many people who look and talk like rabbis, religious people, pious people, who actually lack an awareness of God's presence in their lives. That they could come to do such a thing. Clearly. The most important lesson I take for myself is that anyone can fall.
fall. Being smart or kind or successful <clears throat> or moral or pious or spiritual does not inoculate me or anyone from the most terrible sin. Avoiding temptation requires what Yosef teaches us, to recognize I could do such a thing, and I might unless I take the active steps to prevent it. Otherwise, no one is above temptation. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.